people get that excited. We could have, like, we just had Gene Simmons in this week, the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers, g Easy, and then somebody like, you know, Robert Griffith comes in. I'm like, can I get a picture with him or yeah. something? You know, I still get excited to see, you know, the, those guys. It's, it's legends. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Skull Stories. It's an under-the-weather edition of Skull Stories. Skull Stories is presented by CenturyLink, the official communications provider of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw, coming to you from TCO Performance Center in Egan. Thanks for joining us tonight. Our guest tonight is a cool one. It's DJ Ski. You may know DJ Ski if you go to Vikings games because DJ Ski plays music during Vikings warm-ups at home games at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings didn't enlist the help of DJ Ski for their pregame warm-ups by chance. DJ Ski is a big-time Vikings fan, and he was actually born in Minnesota. A very successful businessman, entrepreneur, artist, promoter, and so much more. So, his backstory is interesting, and he's a Vikings fan. That's why he's on tonight's episode of Skull Stories. We're excited to share our conversation with DJ Ski. Here it is. I'm feeling pretty good about uh, ourselves here at the VEN because DJ Ski, who has his own label and has been in any studio that matters anywhere, you've been there, and you think these are cool studios here at TCO Performance Center. These are incredible. I literally was just (laughs) asking who built and designed these because we just signed the lease on a new place. So I'm like, wait, I want to copy a lot of this. This is impressive, if not probably more, honestly, than almost any studio I've been to or seen in Hollywood, New York, wherever it is. You guys did an incredible job. So it's awesome to come to Minnesota and see see this. Well, I hope the people responsible are listening for that, uh, yeah. listening to that, because I have no responsibility in how cool this place is. <laughs> Come I'm, on. I'm just a kid on the playground playing with it all. You guys got to be having fun here, right? Yeah, we are. We are having fun here. These uh, It's a cool place to work. Yeah. We can do a lot of cool stuff, including having conversations with you. So um, thanks for spending some time. You, This is a regular trip for you. Yeah. Um, you. You come to all of our games. Yeah. Tell the folks what you do at U.S. Bank Stadium for our games. So you'll catch me before the game uh, on the field DJ and getting the players amped up, trying to get the crowd riled up, and uh, trying to set the mood and, and create that energy to get us that win every Sunday. Yeah. You know, there, there are going to be folks who are um, big-time Vikings fans listening um, who, who are familiar with you from game day but might not know your um, your career and mm-hmm. what, what you do the other six days of the week. <laughs> the other six days of the week, yeah. I run uh, a few when, things. When so. you got to pay the bills. <laughs> when I pay the right? bills. I, yeah. I run a company now called Dash Radio, so mm-hmm. we, we've basically become the, the biggest all-original digital broadcaster in the world. We power 75 stations, you know, from every celebrity, Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne. We power radio for Kylie Jenner. We've done it for the Grammys, kind yeah. of big brands and leaders across the field. And, uh, you know, radio has always been my foundation. What what I got started in, I had a TV show, have, you know, done, done a lot of things. I've been, you know, lucky enough to have an incredible career in the Hollywood side. And, uh, you know, it, it affords me the ability to come take my weekends off and come back home. Yeah, to Minnesota. yeah. So um, when you're, you know, you do both you work with artists, yeah. but you're an artist yourself too. Mm-hmm. So what's that balance like for you? It's interesting. You know, I've always loved making music and, and DJing is a form of performance. Even though when you're playing other people's records, it's the way you're you're mixing them. Yeah. It's, it's knowing the energy. And I always say like, look, every DJ and even you and I, we all have the same records. It's how you play it at the right time, when you play it, how you even protect like a hit record with a new record and yeah. introduce that and use that to introduce it. Because if you just play like all new music straight through, the audience isn't going to know what it is. 
is, but it's all when you drop it, how you drop it, how you remix it, how you mm -hmm. add your own style and flair to it. Um, and, and then also, you know, how you hit the studio and record new, new materials and, uh, you know, on the production side. So. Yeah. And so do you, you know, I, I know you've been credited with sort of discovery or mm -hmm. at least yeah. development of a lot of artists that folks listening will know. Kendrick Lamar, yeah. people know that name. Justin Bieber, people know that name, right? <laughs> a couple guys. Yeah. You know, so, um, I know that you have a relationship with Snoop too. You're yeah. pretty close with Snoop. What's so? What's I'm trying to get Snoop out here? So. Are you? That's a good idea. That'd now. Be awesome, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, we could have a lot of fun with that. Yes. Uh, and and Snoop was part of our playoff campaign last exactly. year. Exactly. Right? He came yeah. through, and it was perfect. He was wearing purple and gold. It might be, it might it, you know, we, we won't say what team, but it was, it was Lakers and Vikings. Gold. Doesn't Same matter. Thing. And either yeah. way, the Lakers are from Minnesota. I always like right. to, to point out. So he's showing love to, to Minnesota, and he gave us a drop for our big game. Ironically yeah. enough, against the, the Saints. Yeah, so. that's right. That's pretty cool. That's great. So you know. What's what's it like working with folks like that? You're yeah. you're big time successful yourself. Then you get with another successful mm -hmm. person. Yeah. So I'm sure there's some relationship management that needs to be done there. But you're yeah. a pretty easygoing guy. So I, I'm I try sure to. It's I mean, easy. and look, when you're talking about those guys, they're they're you know on another level in terms of their their global um, in terms of their like global scale. You see somebody yeah. like Kendrick Lamar, who's you know now become in in the debate as being the greatest hip hop artist of, of all time, which is incredible to see because yeah. I first met him as a 16 year old kid. And funny short story with that. Um, his manager came in when I was recording a record with with Game at the time, and he brought in this kid, and he could just rap like nobody else. I remember he sat there and rapped for like 25 minutes straight, just doing like a freestyle. And typically, freestyle rappers can never make like a song. They can like sit here on the mic and like just go off the top. And I was like, I remember I was like, he's so he's the best. He's incredible. But if, can he learn how to make a record? He couldn't make a record at the time. Yeah. Like he was just you know a great rapper. And obviously now he's like won Grammys for best album of the year and things like that. So he learned how to do it. But it's just crazy watching these people literally grow and kind of mature in front of your eyes. So uh, you know it's just awesome working with you know talent like 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 even somebody like Snoop. I grew up out here in Minnesota and I remember listening to him and yeah. like now it's crazy when I get a text or a phone call. Like it's something I still you know trip out about. I'm like wait yeah. what. Like, why yeah. is he calling me? Like, what, what can I do? Like, yeah. this is, it's insane. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that can happen. That happens in this building too. You know, yeah. you have, you have folks who grew up in Minnesota mm -hmm. who, or at least in this area, mm -hmm. um, watching the NFL and watching the Vikings and you're working in this building, you it's, know? Yeah. Even for me, like, like I've been everywhere and stuff and I get so excited just with anything Vikings. Cause it's what I watched and, <laughs> yeah. and dreamed up as a kid. And this is what, you know, I'm passionate about. Yeah. And so what do you feel like when you're working with them? Mm -hmm. What, what is your value added with those, with those folks? So with a lot of those guys, it's been creative direction, figuring out out the best way to kind of introduce, create records, putting the right people to, together. For me, I've always, you know, the, the keys to kind of, kind of my success have always been identifying talent and mm -hmm. identifying things early on and realizing how to capture that and kind of hone that in and, and bring it to market. So it could be with artists, you know, getting in the record, in the studio and producing or overseeing and putting the right people around them. Mm -hmm. um, or it could, like with, with Kendrick, it was, you know, putting together his first mixtapes and things. With others like Bieber or Gaga, it was, you know, inviting them up and seeing kind of the talent early on and just giving them a platform through through yeah. radio and the, and the stations and the platforms that I was on at that time and taking a chance and a risk when nobody knows who who these people are and I remember people being like who is this girl that came up when Gaga came to the studios what is she wearing why is she doing yeah. that and yeah. 
then she came on to become Gaga, no questions asked. So for, for me, I've always just tried to be, um, you know, identify and empower talent, whether it's helping them in the studio, getting their product out, connecting them with the right people, or just giving them that first look and platform. But just think about the sort of the similarities that you have in that role with some of the coaches or scouts for a, a <laughs> yeah, sports basically team, a right? Scout, right? Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, and you know, Zim, Zim has the reputation of, especially with his time in Cincinnati, but even yeah. some cases here of like, no one would give that guy a chance yeah. or that guy got in trouble in college or got kicked yeah. off his team or was a wild child in college, but mm -hmm. then Zim gets his hands on him and doesn't try to change him, but he just yes. works with him. Yeah, and you and bring out the best. Yeah, right? so I think there's some similarities there with yeah, you. Where that's it's a great analogy. Like that's what I try, and thank you for that. That's what we really try to try to do. It's like empowering and bringing out the best, and getting people to hone in and focus on their skill set as well as you know practicing on the areas that they need to work on. Yeah. Um, when do you feel like you're going back to your roots? Is it when you're actually? performing and and mixing music at a club in LA or Vegas or when, when do you feel like you're in your jam it's a, it's a great question I mean yeah it's it's always getting behind the turntables I've slowed down a lot on DJing because now we're, we're running a business and you know my main focus is building that into you know the the hopefully billion dollar business we think that it has the potential to be so mm -hmm. you know I've had to intentionally and consciously take a step back from DJing and now I always say only kind of you know I used to be out in Vegas every weekend on the road non-stop and it was incredible and I, I love those moments, but I'm, I've, I've grown up, I'm, I'm a little older now and have different focuses and priorities. And, but for me, yeah, it's still getting out and hitting those turntables. And, you know, yeah. I only do it really in two occasions. I do it in like just events that I want to do or events where, you know, a few times a year I'll go, you know, pay my bills, you know, yeah, during, right. during a week and stuff. But, you know, for, for coming out here, it's, it's every time I hop behind the turntables. I mean, that's what I grew up doing. And that's why like my favorite thing is, is going out in that stadium. It's like my favorite team, my favorite sport, doing what I love to do. Like I never even dreamed of that as a, as a kid like being able to do that yeah. so I remember just walking out on the field the first time and even just going out there every week it's just so so cool yeah. and so you know my, out of all the things that I do and pe some people think I'm crazy it's my you know it's still my favorite okay time to go to a break more with DJ Ski coming up in a little bit but first join host Mike Musman along with Everson Griffin at Sunshine Factory in Plymouth on Thursday at 5.30pm for a live broadcast of Vikings Country you could win some great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. For the rest of Skull Stories, stay tuned. Hey, everyone. We're back with the second half of Skull Stories. I'm your host, Wabi. Before we get back to our conversation with DJ Ski, I want to tell you about the Vikings Museum. It's new, and it's a place for fans to experience the comprehensive history of the Minnesota Vikings. Through multiple interactive exhibits and hundreds of Vikings historical artifacts, this museum has something for every Vikings fan. To purchase tickets, visit vikings.com museum. More from DJ Ski now. All right, so you're native of St. Paul. Native of St. Paul. Is that right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. What do you remember about growing up in, in St. Paul or, or any time spent in St. Paul? The cold, the, how depressed I was after the 98 Vikings <laughs> and uh, okay. the Minnesota State Fair. All right, okay, so where were you for that 98 <laughs> NFC title game? Let's, 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 I was at let's home. get down with so, Vikings fans here. Like so many of us out there, yep. 
I was already thinking about Miami that week. Yeah. I remember even like KDWB was playing the, you know, they made their own Welcome to Miami song. So like Atlanta, like, yeah, this will be a good game. We've got that. We were looking. We'd already won that in our heads from mistake one. So I was at home watching that. And for most of the game, a little closer than I thought it should be. Still not really worried. worried Until that. Even Gary Anderson comes up, not worried. Like, (laughs) we got it. Overtime, like, we're not going to play to overtime. All right, kind of nervous and yeah. still didn't feel real. And I, I, I'm, I'm not joking, and it's so sad. I don't think I've ever been as depressed in my life as I was after that loss. Yeah. Literally for, like, two weeks, like, I felt like the world didn't. It's, I don't, it's, I can't describe it. It sounds insane, yeah. but that's like literally that's, how I felt. That's worse to me than the title game loss last year to the, to oh, the by, Eagles. Oh, by far. That was actually... Not as bad for me because yeah. if like it sounds bad. If I'm gonna lose, if I know like if you tell me you're lo- you like if you go to the future you lost, how do you want it to be? I want to get blown out. Like right. I don't like I don't want those heartbreakers. I was yeah. in New Orleans for that one. Were you really? Yeah, yeah, I brought I bought and that's when I would start after my DJ career. Like in '98, we couldn't afford to to go to the games and do those things. It was you know way too expensive then. Um, by that time. Uh, you know, we'd been successful enough to to make it, and I bought first row seats. I remember doing all the research. It's actually row four, but it was the first row in the end zone because I like being close in the field, and that's where mm-hmm. I always sit, even at our Vikings games. I like being, you know, I feel like the end zone seats are, you know, the closest you're actually to the action, yeah. like technically from those things. So I remember buying those, and the fans, you know, I wore all purple, went with my dad, and, you know, had him dressed out. We had the Vikings beads I'd gotten on, uh, yeah. you know, from, from New Orleans. And going there, the fans were, you know, ribbing at me. And it was kind of playful at first and stuff. And, you know, during the game, it started getting more serious. And luckily, I didn't have to look at any of them because I was in the front row. So, like, they're yeah. all, like, yelling stuff from behind. I did not turn around that whole game. As it got to that fourth quarter and people had a little more liquor in them and were more serious, like, it got aggressive. So to the point where... There was a camera operator right in, in front of our seats where the camera box was, and he happened to be from Minnesota, and wow. he was cool. He said, if you win, hop over the box to me. Like, it got, like, people were throwing stuff on the field at one point. I remember, like, a beer getting thrown when there was, like, when we made a great play in the fourth quarter. Like, it got aggressive, and that that was the second toughest loss, but getting back to to the one last year, and I was at that game. By halftime, I was already kind of checked out. I was like, yeah, I know. all right, we, we lost it. Like, I was able to move on. It wasn't as as tough, and I think even, you know, we're talking about the Saints. For them, and for, like, that's a much worse loss than anything else, even though the game wasn't as, you know, deep in the playoffs um, for them as, as others. It's... Yeah, you're talking about the divisional round loss for them? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like anytime you lose like that, that's and that's tough. why the players are so pissed and hate yeah. organization and will for the rest <laughs> of their lives. Those close ones yeah. are worse than the blowouts. Yeah, that's for sure. No doubt about that. Um, so... You're you and I are in the Randy Moss era. Like yeah. when we were young, Moss was you know he was there. So he's a lot of people's favorite player in our era. 100%. I really like Chris Carter though too. You know he was fun to watch. Yeah, Johnny Randall was fun to watch. And he, yeah. you you have all those same memories, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, for me, Moss was my favorite. I have a Moss Carter helmet, so I loved both nice. equally equally as well. I mean, even Jake Reed when you had that three <laughs> the three, three guys. Yeah, yeah, three deep was just incredible. Randall, I mean, for what he brought yeah. for for just an, an entire era, even before. 
before and, and a little after those guys was was awesome. Um, man, we had a squad. I don't even want to think. I can't even think about 98 we, anymore. I'm so heartbroken. Well, we, we had Robert Smith. Now, Robert, Robert Smith and Chris Carter both out in L.A. with you. Yeah, you know exactly. That, for Fox, yeah, exactly. Right. So you guys they're can get together. And, yeah, they're doing that thing. It's funny, too, because I've met a few of these older Vikings over the years that now come by our studio randomly to do different other people's shows, and they're like, and I don't get that excited. We could have, like, we just had Gene Simmons in this week, Anthony Kiedis with the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers, g Easy and on the urban side, and then somebody like, you know, Robert Griffith comes in, I'm like, can I get a picture with him or yeah. something? You know, yeah. Byron Chamberlain, who was around in our stuff, we yeah. now become close with, is now like coming by and like, oh, let's hang out. I'm like, I need a jersey or I need yeah. something. So I still get excited to see, you know, the, those guys. It's it's legends. Yeah. So what do you think about us in the second half of the season here? I mean, I'm feeling good. I mean, it's, good. you know, the, the start was a little rough, as we all know. I, I went into, and I just want to say for the record, I went into the Buffalo game. Everybody's like, it's going to be a blowout. I'm like, look, it should be, but we can't win. Even if we win, we have to win by like 20 points to cover the spread, which is insane. So mm-hmm. nobody's going to give us any credit if we don't cover that. And if, if we overlook it and Buffalo played out of their minds, we obviously didn't play up to it. And, you know, that brought a lot of people down. But I think it's, you know, look, if you're going to have a wake up call like that to have it early in the season, it's great. We just need to be hot. And we've seen with the, just with the playoffs, the main goal of getting out of the season is getting out with a little bit of momentum yeah. and getting out as clean as you want. So, like, the, the biggest concern for me are a couple of the injuries that we have. And it's like, you know, before the game, I'm like, all the questions, you're looking at the, the list of, you know, people out. And I'm like, you want them to play? But I'm like, no, I don't want them to play. I'd almost yeah. rather... It's more important to keep them healthy for the long term versus, you know, even if it means losing or sacrificing a couple couple games now, as long as you can get in it, it's always that yeah. tough balance, right? But I'm I'm pretty confident. I think it's it's wide open. You know, the the Rams game was incredible, but for us, especially not playing at our peak to go out and sur- you know, survive a shoot up and you know, I'm the guy that's always blaming the refs and I was there. I was yeah. like, He didn't touch Thielen. Oh, I know. How is that not a helmet to helmet when Diggs's helmet pops off and his mouth guard flies out? How is like how yeah. did they miss the hold on that place? So there's another couple plays as you can kind of go back to a lot of games. It's there. So I think, you know, the, the Rams are, you know, number one in everybody's power rankings for sure. without saying I'm still in, you know, McVay's incredible. I love my Rams guys, but it's still, you know, it, it, it's open. We could, we could take it, it as we show, as we showed. Now, um, you know, we were talking about this um, earlier, kind of a couple weeks ago, but now we want we want Zim to stop. Zim listens to Skull Stories every week, so mm-hmm. Zim, uh, plug your ears. Any players listening, plug your ears because we're gonna put <laughs> we're gonna put the cart in front of the horse here. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh oh. Now, if things if we if we do what you say, teams try to do, and you get healthy and you get hot late, and we get yeah. into the playoffs. We might have a date out in Los Angeles again. I think you're going rematch. to, which is actually great because I'm not. I'm never going to Philadelphia again. Right. God, that was so. We're just going to come out to your game. neighborhood. We'll Please. just bring the title game out to I'll you. I'll take care of you. I'm going to go. I'm okay. going to text Sean. I actually was texting him last week. I'm going right. to text him and hex him and try to wake him up in the middle of the night. So well, he what I do anything. what I think you should do for that is just throw some kick-ass party the night yes. before the game and yes. invite the invite Sean 100%. and the Rams to it. Okay, a hundred percent. I'm you, in. I will do. I will take whatever play music for him and just. Good, let him have a good time. YG is out there standing and jumping yeah. up when they score a touchdown. I'm going to get him to get all the guys out. <laughs> <laughs> That's taught, like. yeah. Is football working out there, by the way, for the Rams? For the Rams, think? it finally started this year. So yeah. the, the first year, obviously, like people didn't even know they were here. Last year, especially because they were good, they started to pick it up. But it was still like you'd go to a game and 
you know, I went to, I remember going to the, the Rams Saints game last year and it was a Saints crowd. You go to, you know, I didn't go to Philadelphia, but if you watch the replays, like it was a Philadelphia crowd. Yeah, yeah. This year it's starting to be more, even when the Minnesota came to town, Minnesota had an incredible crowd as they always do. There were more Rams fans there than usual. I was like, this place is going to be based off of what I saw last year, all purple. And you know, the Rams are starting to do it. So, so football is definitely working for the Rams. LA supports winners. The, the, the challenge with LA is that you have all these people from all over the world, like, like myself. So I'm not like, like a Rams guy and, but you know, a lot of these other people, I'm obviously a Vikings person, but once teams start winning and people can start going out, there's so many yeah. other distractions in LA. It's yeah. like in Minnesota, it's like, all right, what are you doing Sunday? It's going to this. In LA, you're like, oh, it's sunny. I'm going to go to the beach. I don't want to go to this, yeah. this game. So as long as they keep winning, I think it's going to work for them. The stadium that they're building is going to be really, really cool. So I think they're going to be all right. On the other hand, I mean, you might as well just move the Chargers to London at right. this point. Like, okay. it's, yeah. like, people, it's not working? Multiple mistakes. So they had a good fan base in San Diego. Mm-hmm. All those people are pissed at ownership and pissed at everybody. They're not showing up to the games. They're not supporting them. And they play in a 20,000-square-foot soccer stadium, by the way, and they, they're not showing up. Secondarily, nobody in L.A. knows they exist. Like, they do not, they're like, oh, yeah, they're moving in a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. People don't realize they exist, and they're actually a good team. They right. just have no support. They're going to be second, they're going to be the Clippers in that stadium. They're going to be the, the way that the Clippers are to the Lakers. Like, yeah. if, at best, like, it's going to be a struggle for them. They just Dude, haven't done a great I, job. Have you, have you driven by that stadium lately? We, we, when we were out in L.A., because driven by it. So it's it's where for now this is getting in the weeds, but yeah. it's where Hollywood Park was, a horse yeah. racing track, right? Yeah. Oh, the, the new stadium you're talking right. about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what? You fly over it. I haven't driven by, but okay. I've flown over it. Yeah. So so when we were out there, PA, who's the yep. horse horse track announcer here, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's like, I'm going to go show you where Hollywood Park was, and yeah. then we went out to Santa Anita and saw Santa Anita. But he's like, I'm going to show you where Hollywood Park was, which yeah. is where they're building the stadium. We went out there. I mean, it, it is massive. It's massive. I mean, it's it's going to be a full development. I mean, same way that you guys have kind of done with, not the stadium, but with this entire park out here. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what they're trying to do in LA and spending so much. It's going to be it's going to be a cool cool stadium. I still don't know why they made it with the roof, though. Like, the weather's always so great I don't in LA. Know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it looks very impressive. And that it's isn't that awesome. Snoop's old neighborhood? It's, he literally is, you know, his studio right now, where we actually have a Dash Radio studio, is half a mile away. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So his property Sweet. value is going up. Yeah. All right, man. We appreciate your time. Dude, and thank you guys Thanks so much for everything for you do on Bobby. Thanks so much for always showing love. Yeah, on so. game days too, man. You guys, you do a great we job. Try, and try. the players love it. So That's, that's what it's all about. It's yeah. all, for people listening, we are playing out there for the players to get them hyped yeah. up and in that mood. That's why I'll start off playing a little more mainstream stuff. Yeah. The players come out. We want them amped up. And it's funny, the crowd feeds off of those for energies. Sure. And just watch what, like... Just watch what Diggs does every week. He's the yeah. best example. Like yeah. uh, he, he's loving it and, and energizing. I like to feel like, all right, you know, I give them that extra inch when they For jump sure. to make that miracle catch. Hey, we're so. we're all trying to control the one percent we can control. All right, and if everyone does it, it the right way, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Let's go. I'm right. in. Okay, everyone, that's gonna do it for tonight's episode of Skull Stories. Thanks for joining us, and our thanks to DJ Ski for being the guest. Make sure you join us next week for another episode of Skull Stories Tuesday at 6.30. Also, don't miss the Vikings game this weekend. They play the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. Kickoff slated for 7.20 p.m. Central Time at U.S. Bank Stadium. You can join the Vikings Radio Network for the pregame show, which will be hosted by Mike Musman beginning around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock for the Vikings Radio Network. And then the boom, PA, 
Voice of the Vikings will have the boom for you at 720. He'll be joined by Pete Bursich in the booth. Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber will call the action from the sidelines. All of that on Sunday night as the Vikings look to get back on the winning track against the Green Bay Packers. On behalf of Skull Stories producer Nate Vaughn, I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw. This episode of Skull Stories is over. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of the week. Thank you.